Hello, dear listener. Today is Tuesday, June 22nd, 2020, and this is episode two of the Sport Fanatics podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is J. Mike. Today we'll be talking about the NBA playoffs, the College World Series, and a little bit about the NASCAR weekend. But for now, we'll just roll the theme song. Let's go. Okay, well, hey, let's start with that NBA weekend. It was an incredible weekend for the NBA. Uh, where do you want to start first, J. Mike? Well, Chris, let's begin with um, speaking of the debilitating injuries that we touched on in last week's podcast. I'd like to begin with um, Kawhi Leonard's knee injury and how it unlikely helped the Clippers actually click on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah, that was a, sort of a surprise. I, we had just were getting ready to upload last week's episode when news of that broke out. I thought it was going to sort of ruin some of our predictions for the week. Yeah, um, con- considering Kawhi Leonard is, is, is one of the best players in the NBA, the Clippers really invested into him in free agency two seasons ago. You uh you, you you figured with him being out for for the rest of that series that that it would it would hurt them on the offense on, on the offensive and defensive end of the floor. But unlikely Paul George steps up in, in in Kawhi's absence coming up big time and uh and and really really silencing his playoff critics by transforming from pandemic P as his, as his critics have, have been calling him uh dating back to last season into playoff P which which really which really makes me think of his his days as a Indiana Pacer, when when uh when the offense was was primarily run run through him, and so uh, it was great to see Paul George step up in this series to to uh to help close out the Utah Jazz in Game Six. I, I also want to touch on. An outstanding performance from the 2019 second-round pick of the Clippers from Florida State, Terrence Mann. He, I mean, he stepped it up on the offensive end as well, scoring 39 points. He was 15 of 21 from the field and 7 of 10 from three. Yeah, though, I mean, we talked about last week how when you have injuries like that, you need – you're the players to step up, and that's exactly what happened for the Clippers with those guys. Really solid performances. Yes, ab- absolutely huge considering Kawhi Leonard out with that knee injury. 
they're able to put the Utah Jazz away in game six, winning the series four games to two with that 131 to 119 victory. And with with that win, that advances the Clippers to their first ever appearance in the Western Conference Finals in their 50-year history as a franchise. Which is just insane. Talk about exciting for that fan base. But now they're going to be joining the Suns. It's been a while for them too, but it's been a while for all these teams. Absolutely. You're... You're looking at uh, four playoff teams who two of them have, have never won a championship and the Hawks have not won a championship since 1958 when they were the St. Louis Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks have not won an NBA championship since 1971. So it's going to be either first time, a first time champion like we talked about last week or somebody's title drought will end this season which is which is great for sports and great for the sport of basketball for sure I also want to touch touch on Clippers coach Ty Lue he is now 12 and 1 as a coach in series clinching games that wow. is the best in NBA history that is talk about clutch that's amazing and the Clippers are the first team to ever win two playoff series in a row down two games to none beating the NBA's best record in the Utah Jazz four straight to win that series absolutely incredible yeah it didn't even take seven games to come back got it done in six and without Kawhi Leonard so once again huge performances by Paul George and Terrence Mann picking up the slack in his absence exactly what needed to be done to propel this hot clicking on all cylinders Clippers team to their first Western Conference Finals in their 50-year history. Has to feel pretty good. They have to feel pretty confident, though we've already seen game one. We know that the Suns won that. But the Clippers have proven that they can come back from a deficit. Yes, yes. So... They, they, they probably aren't too worried. They just have to uh, be sure that they start clicking again like they were. And I think we'll have a fun series there. Absolutely. It, it's, uh, it, it's already proven to be a great series going forward with that game one of the Western Conference Finals going to the Suns in a 120-114 victory over those same L.A. Clippers. Devin Booker, forty point triple double in, in in that in that game one win, which joins Charles Barkley as the only two Suns players to to do so. And you're and in good company there. Absolutely. The mound round of rebound. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Does yeah, like you said, doesn't get much better than that, Chris. Uh, the, now the Suns are still without CP3 due to health and safety protocols. His status will will remain uncertain for tonight's game. There's uh, I I I really I really don't expect Chris Paul to to play tonight. We we all know that Kawhi Leonard has been ruled out of 
of this game as well with that with that knee injury. So once again, you're more than likely looking at each each respectable team's superstar uh, not being on the floor in, in in game two tonight, which goes back to Devin Booker probably having to replicate his performance from from game one and 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 others others helping him out also Paul George and and Terrence Mann for the Clippers have to continue playing at this at this great pace that 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 they're playing at so it it, it should be a a very exciting game too tonight just like we saw in 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 a, in a close game one win for the Suns over the over the Clippers. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. You you want to see your superstars out there, especially in the playoffs. That that's what everybody really wants to see. But at the same time, uh, I, I'm interested to see which team can deal with it the best uh, moving forward. And like you say, I think there's going to be a another good close game tonight. And you know we'll see where the series goes from there. Yeah, it's it's gonna be gonna be a great series for sure. Definitely looking forward to tonight's game and the rest of the series. This this series could could very well go go seven. Of course, I would absolutely love to see both superstars and Kawhi Leonard and uh, Chris Paul come back healthy and and, and rejuvenated to to help help their two teams in a Western Conference Finals battle but between two teams that have have never won an NBA championship. So definitely looking forward to tonight and the rest of this series for sure. Yeah, for sure. So with that being said, going back to 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 Ty Lu who is now 12 and 1 as a coach in series clinching games. He replaced former Clippers head coach Doc Rivers. That's right, yeah. And and has done an exceptional job coaching this Clippers team without the presence of their superstar Kawhi Leonard with that with that knee injury that we just talked about. But I'd I'd like I'd really like to go in now, Chris, to Doc Rivers's playoff struggles as a NBA head coach they continue unfortunately well, he's the other side of that coin being yes. clutch he he's on the unfortunate side of that right right you, you you've got you've got Ty Lue who has proven that he's clutch as a postseason head coach but Doc Rivers on the other side, not so much of a clo- of, of a clutch NBA coach. In that series with the Atlanta Hawks, there were two blown second-half leads in games four and five. They are the only team to blow back-to-back 18-point or more point leads in the last 25 seasons. Wow. It's not good. Yeah, no. Not good. Over two decades. Okay, they had a 95.5 win probability in game four. And late in the third quarter of game five, it it reached out to a 99.7 
percent win probability for the Sixers. And you got to win when you're at ninety nine point seven percent. Absolutely, come on now. A- absolutely, you you have you exactly, Chris. You have got to find a way to get the job done and 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 close a game out. If if you especially right here, up twenty six points in game five. Come on now, and 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 with that with that twenty twenty six point blown lead in game five. That was tied for the third largest blown lead in a playoff game in the last twenty five postseasons. Just wow. It it just just not good. Just no. not good. Going forward with that, another dismal performance offensively in the fourth quarter of game seven, which 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 eliminates Doc Rivers' number one seeded seventy sixers from the Eastern Conference playoffs. And of course, Game Seven is crunch time. Game Seven is when you have to be at your best. Now, okay, we're talking about his his struggles and and how unclutch Doc Rivers has yes. been. He's obviously still going to be the with the Seventy Sixers moving forward. Here, can do you see a way he can turn this around and what he can change to not have? all these issues with with closing out games and series it really came down to his his execution as a coach of really putting his players in 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 the right position a bunch of times in this series that did not happen with 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 those those two huge blown leads in games 4 and 5 of that series we all knew Joel Embiid very hobbled up by that knee injury. Him being the primary scoring option on on that team, he needed help. And his uh his battery mate in Ben Simmons did not help him out at all. He was struggled from the field a lot in this series. Sim Ben Simmons averaged nine point nine points per game in this series against the Hawks and shot thirty three percent from the free throw line. He went he went scoreless from the field in in the last four games of that series in the fourth quarter not helping out Embiid at all especially with him hobbled hobbled by that knee injury and and you needed somebody to step up especially in this series against a scrappy Atlanta Hawks team that is playing very confident basketball playing with no fear one again in in contrast with the the Clippers that you were talking about earlier, the Seventy Sixers just did not have anybody that was able to step up like that. An incredible cold streak was shooting in that series for Simmons. Yes, a- absolutely. You figured Doc Rivers would would draw up more plays for Simmons to to really attack the paint more and 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 get his get his points that way. To, to be able to help this the 76ers team out on offense which 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 would re, would have really helped close out those games when when they had those those two huge games where, where, where they were up big in the second half well and even if it's some sort of just basic fundamentals issue where Simmons whatever his struggles are the the 76ers and Doc Rivers are going to have to figure this out moving forward. You know, I'm not I'm not sure what the organization will do with him next year. Right. But they can't have those struggles 
Oh, no, no question about it. And and, and, that, Chris, and, and, and that falls on Doc Rivers and, and the coaching staff to try to figure that out. Absolutely, Chris. And, and I'd like to touch on this point as we continue with, with Doc Rivers and, and his playoff playoff struggles as a head coach. What bothered me the most is the day after losing Game 7, Doc Rivers comes out and says that he and his staff knows what work needs to be done to address Ben Simmons' offense. He says it starts with Simmons becoming a more confident free throw shooter, but I, I believe I believe there's more there's more to it than than that. He w- once again in 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 my opinion, he did not really really tell Simmons to 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 drive the ball in in the paint. To, to get his points that way, especially if, if he's if he's struggling uh, struggling with the shot. I know I touched I touched on this last week, Chris, that that teams were adopting that that hack and shack where they used to they used to foul Shaquille O'Neal, send him to the free throw line because they knew that he would he would automatically miss both shots. Right. If 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 you know they ain't going to hit the basket, you ain't what you're nothing to lose. Exactly. So that that's exactly what the the Hawks did towards the en- towards the end of that game 7. They 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 hacked Ben Simmons, put him on the free throw line, and once again the whole series he shot 33% from the free throw line. So there you go. Ben Simmons scoreless from the field in the last four games of the fourth quarter of that series. I I know he he only scored two points in the fourth quarter in game one. He was scoreless in the fourth quarter in game two. Scored only one point in game three. And the final four games of the series in the fourth quarter. He went scoreless from the field. So that's what really bothered me, Chris, is he he waits a a day later to to come out to come out and say this when we all we all know his his struggles as a head coach in the postseason. I I I mean I mean come on now. He 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 now Doc Rivers now has 29 losses with a chance to win a playoff series. That is the most in NBA history. His 3.41 win percentage is the worst all-time among coaches with 20 or more playoff games coached. Going going more going more into his struggles, really really Chris some some more some more of his playoff struggles that come to mind. Or uh, the 2010 NBA Finals versus the Los Angeles Lakers, losing Game Seven of that series. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, also, what comes to mind is that that Eastern Conference Finals collapse against the LeBron James led Miami Heat, where they were up three to two in that series. That's right. Yep. My Miami, of course, won the next two games. And ended up becoming NBA champions later in that postseason, and and also last year's playoff series in the bubble 
uh, between when he when he coached the Clippers last season uh, against the Nuggets when when they led that series three games to one and had a couple of blown double digit leads in that series as well, just like the series against the Hawks. So great regular season coach. Just can't just can't seem to just can't seem to find it in, in, in the in the playoffs and, and year after year we're having this conversation, unfortunately, about about Doc Rivers. Hopefully he can figure it out to gather some of that performance they get in the regular season, like number one seed coming in. Yeah, yes, and, and that and that goes back to what I just said. Great regular season coach. Right. He 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 is is able to coach his team to a number one seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Number one overall record in the Eastern Conference. It's just the finish. Exactly. And, you know, I don't want this to just be a... <laughs> we're not just tearing down Doc Rivers to tear down Doc Rivers, but, you know... I would, the facts are there, people. Exactly. He definitely struggled in the postseason, and hopefully... Hopefully, he can figure it out in the future. Maybe it's just a matter of coaching in the postseason when you have a handful of games to deal with is so much different than when you have that long form season. You have to be quicker with pulling certain people with substitutions. Maybe also like when Simmons just the way he was figuring out, trying to figure out a way to get around him. Moving forward with him, I've seen people talk about trying to change his hand that he's shooting with or maybe moving yes. his position. Maybe either one of those could work. I, I believe Doc Rivers is, is smart enough that he'll figure out something, hopefully for the best for Simmons and the team. But it, it's just a shame that it did not happen sooner. I, I, and I don't know if that's a change you can make this postseason, but he really was sort of a liability out there on the court for this series. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yes. No, no question least, about it. And and I, I heard today on First Take, Chris, where Stephen A. pointed out that 76ers brass really, really has babied Ben Simmons. Oh, okay. So, once again, that falls on the coaching staff. And... Doc Rivers is the head man. He wait. He waits a day after they lose that game seven against the Hawks, and says that he believes the way for Simmons to get better is to become a more confident free throw shooter. Oh, that, he, that's not just it though. He he, yeah. he he is he's got to find. He has got to find a shot. Yeah, free a jumper. Free throw shooting is really just the start of the issues that are going on there. So yeah, now if if he's able to work on his free throw shooting mechanics and and get better at the line, they won't have to hack him anymore. Right to where he's 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 not missing both free throws at the line, but also working on a a more consistent jump shot it is is really going to help him become the number one overall player that the 76ers envisioned when they drafted him 
a, a, a few years back out of LSU. And he could be a huge part of the getting over the hump for now, both the 76ers and Doc Rivers. Now, I, I did not like the fact also in this series that Doc Rivers had him playing as the primary point guard instead of his natural position of being a power forward. That also really messed with Simmons' psyche as well. In, in, in this series, I do believe. But it's, it's just unfortunate that Doc Rivers still continues to struggle in the playoffs. It, it, you know, ever, ever since he, he last won an NBA championship with the 2008 Boston Celtics. So it's, it's really unfortunate. But obviously there, there is a huge issue with, with Doc Rivers in the playoffs. Right. Well, and that leaves the the Hawks and Bucks left to fight it out in the East. Speaking of that series, Chris, Atlanta Hawks win the series over the number one seeded Seventy Sixers with a one hundred three to ninety six win. Herder led the Hawks in scoring with twenty seven points and seven rebounds. Ice Trey Young. 21 points and 10 assists. But a crazy stat here, Chris. Trey Young only shot 21.7% in Game 7. That was tied the fourth worst shooting percentage in a Game 7. Oof. Yeah, that's pretty rough there. No doubt about pretty, it. Pretty impressive to be able to, to get past that. That percentage also tied a member of the team that the Hawks are fixing to go up against in this Eastern Conference Finals, and that is Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks, who did who did the same thing as well in their Game 7 win over the Nets. It's pretty impressive to uh, have somebody shooting that poorly and still pull out the win. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you don't see that very often for sure. The, the iron, irony here, Chris, is Trey Young also joined 76er head coach Doc Rivers as the only players in Atlanta Hawks history to record a points assist double-double in Game 7 on the road. Oh, wow. But another, another crazy stat for Trey Young is he only shot one for 12 in the first half of, of that Game 7. Once again, with the offensive li- liability on, on that end of the floor from the 76ers help, helps keep the Atlanta Hawks in this series, helps keep them in, in those games where they were down by double digits. Which ends up giving them the series win. Absolutely. Especially doesn't help once again with Ben Simmons going scoreless in the fourth quarter and having to rely too much on... Joel Embiid with that that partially torn meniscus. Just like I touched on last week, Chris, not enough offense for the 76ers. Ends up being their demise as they completely fall apart in this series. And those scrappy, fearless Atlanta Hawks are moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, like you called it, the Bucks ended up beating the Nets in Brooklyn game seven. Yes, that that was an a game for the ages, Chris. Bucks are able to pull out a tight overtime 
Game 7 over those Brooklyn Nets, 113-111 to to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals against those scrappy, fearless Atlanta Hawks. Kevin Durant hit a game-tying jumper with one second remaining in regulation. To me, Chris, it looked like a three-pointer when the shot left his hand, but, but unfortunately, looking back on it, he did step on the line, which resulted in a in a two-pointer, which tied the game up in regulation and sent it to overtime. In, in overtime, P.J. Tucker of the Milwaukee Bucks fouled out with under two minutes remaining, and Chris Middleton hits a go-ahead shot with 40 seconds left to go in, in overtime. K, Kevin Durant then airballs a would-be game winner with three ticks remaining on the play clock in overtime to give those Bucks the win over the Nets. Kevin Durant finished with 48 points. That was the most in Game 7 history. But he went 0-6 for 6 from the field in overtime. Second most misses without a make by any player in an overtime period over the last 25 postseasons. Yeah, hard to be too mad, though, with Durant as a Nets fan when you wouldn't have even been in overtime if it weren't for him having such a great game up to that point. Yes, and and we all knew he had to – he really had to be the primary scoring option with the, with the hobbled James Harden dealing with the hamstring issue and Kyrie Irving, who was out the remainder of that series with that ankle injury. Giannis Antetokounmpo finished with 40 points. 13 rebounds and five assists. He played 50 minutes in the game. Giannis is the fifth player in postseason history with 40-plus points and 10-plus rebounds in Game 7, joining Tim Duncan in 2006, Charles Barkley in 1993, Jerry West in 1969, and Elgin Baylor in 1962. Some incredible company there. Absolutely. I... I want to touch for for just a moment, Chris, about what Kevin Durant said post-game. He said he initially thought his shot at the end of regulation was a three, quoted right here, said, but my big foot stepped on the line. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw how close I was to ending their season with that shot. That's got to be hard to sleep at night that night after that to know you're just a few millimeters away. Yes, and I'm I'm telling you, Chris, going back and, and watching that shot, it looked like because the player that defended him went up to, to alter his shot, of course, and, and when he does, you, you at the time, you, you couldn't really see where he was on the floor mm-hmm. when, he, when he shot. That you know that that last second shot in in regulation, but to me it looked like a three. Just just from the just from the angle he shot it. Unfortunately, he steps on the line, so the game continues to go on into overtime, and this time when he goes up the floor trying trying to win the game, he unfortunately shoots an air ball, and and that that's just mainly on fatigue right? I mean, by his part. Having to carry this Nets team without 
two two of their biggest and best players due to injury, what we've all seen all postseason long, unfortunately. Yeah, his his legs and back had to be pretty sore from carrying that team as far as he did already in that game. Absolutely. He had a he had a forty nine point game and in, in, in game five of that series and finishes this series out with forty eight points. Unfortunately, Nets are not able to to close out that series. Bucks win the remaining remaining two games, which the Bucks have been 0, 0 for fifteen in a best of series in a best of seven series when behind, when falling behind two games to none. Unfortunately, the the Nets are not able to close out the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks are able to win the next two with a hobbled up Brooklyn Nets team and they're able to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals against those scrappy fearless Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, how do you feel going into that series? Who who do you think has the upper hand? Milwaukee for sure. Okay. Especially after no nobody thought they would come back and beat this Brooklyn Nets team with with their big three falling falling behind two games to none once again, but injuries unfortunately play a huge part in the postseason. in In this postseason, for sure, I, I've I've never seen so many so many injuries ever. It seems like it's just one after the the other. You hate to see it. Especially for a, a Brooklyn Nets team that was that really had championship aspirations this season with acquiring James James Harden early early to 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 middle part of the season, arguably had the best three in in, in basketball right now. It's just an unfortunate circumstance that. That cost them in this series, but I, I I really like the Bucks moving forward. I I love how Atlanta's playing right now, but I don't I don't believe they're they're going to be able to hang with this Milwaukee Bucks squad that can get it done on both ends of the floor. Something that the 76ers didn't do, especially on the offensive end. But Milwaukee can put them away offensively. I like I like the books in either five or six. Okay, I mean those those scrappy teams can be scary in the postseason. And Atlanta has shown that, right? For sure, it, it's been an incredible run by Atlanta. Who? Let's face the facts here. Incredible job by Nate McMillan, who inherited that team when they were fourteen and twenty. In the regular season, outstanding coaching job by Nate McMillan, who was fired end of last last season by the Indiana Pacers, ends up joining the Atlanta Hawks coaching staff as an assistant. They decide to move on from their head coach with with an awful awful start. Promote Nate McMillan to in, interim. And now he has led this Atlanta Hawks team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Exceptional coaching job by Nate McMillan. Congratulations to him and the Atlanta Hawks. 
you're on to the Eastern Conference Finals, four wins away from an NBA Finals yeah. appearance. They got a shot. I mean, it, it, it'd be interesting to see what that combination does moving forward. Maybe coach and team finally found a good match for each other. Oh, yes, and it's really great to see that Nate McMillan has has overcome some struggles as a head coach of, of his own, but I, I believe he's in the right place right now with, with this really fun and young Atlanta Hawks team. We've grown a, accustomed to watching them throughout the season, especially in these playoffs. They have been absolutely fun to watch. But credit Nate, Nate McMillan for the job that he's done turning around that team when he inherited them with a 14-20 and 20 record. It'll be interesting to see how they finish this series and perform moving forward. Yes, ab- absolutely. It's, but I just I just believe the Bucks can put them away offensively, something that the 76ers weren't able to do. Of course, I've, I've, I've touched on that on previous occasions here, but Milwaukee is, is really good at, at both ends of the floor, and I, I do believe they'll be, they'll be able to put Atlanta away early and often if, if they do have a big lead, something that the 76ers weren't able to do. I like the Milwaukee Bucks in this series, but once again – Atlanta has just been a fun team to watch over these past couple of weeks. Just outstanding job by Nate McMillan. I hope I hope we have a I hope we have a great Eastern Conference Finals. But I from from what I saw the previous series, I just believe the Bucks will be able to put them away offensively. All right, moving on. One thing that started this weekend, we talked about it last week was the college baseball world series yeah now we've already had somebody get knocked out arizona's out i, I know right just crazy to think that they're already out considering how good how good their offense was against old miss in that super regional they score more than 10 runs and in in, in in a game one win over old miss yeah they were one of the teams you were debating between Right, right. It, it and ironically they played each other. Right. They played yeah. each other in, in, in that elimination game, which was against Stanford, of course. And I, I just I just figured that Arizona might be able to find the, the, the pitching to really make up for you know the the slack that 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 had that had caused them throughout the season because we all knew that their offense was was so good they they proved it against Ole Miss in that super regional, but it was Stanford's offense that came to play in that elimination game. Yes, and 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 I I touched on that last week, Chris, which is why I picked Stanford to to come out on that tough side of that bracket that. That side of the bracket, as I've mentioned before, is unbelievable considering you've got the best of both worlds with two teams that could pitch it really well and two teams that can 
hit it really well. Well, and speaking of that, the surprise coming out, NC State is the one in the driver's seat. Yeah, that one nothing win over Jack Leiter and the Vanderbilt Commodores last night in a great pitching duel there. NC State able to score one run better than the Commodores to, to like you said, Chris, it, advance and and really put themselves in, in the driver's seat on, on that side of the bracket. And just one pitch, really, it was a home run. So just right. one mistake. One mistake was the difference in that game. Yeah, and it, it it it's crazy how how a mistake like that came came back to to bite Vanderbilt. But at, as we both knew going into that game last night, we we knew it was going to be a pitcher's duel. Both NC State and Vandy have shown all season long that they they pitch it extremely well. Of course, not enough offense though for both teams, which is a question mark moving forward, especially for Vandy if if they want to remain alive in the College World Series. They they've got to pick it up offensively. They have they they haven't they haven't really done it here as of late. Yeah, my my pick to win that bracket. Things aren't looking great. They've already thrown their two big hands. Yes, and 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 now they're fixing to go up against a Stanford team that can do both pitch it really well slug it really well so they're they're in they're in for a a, a tough battle in a loser's bracket game and then one of them will be going to play NC State which again is just wild to me yes but we you you and I both know pitching wins championships which is why I went with Vandy in the first place, but they just got outpitched one to nothing. They did, they they did, and and, and it's crazy that Jack Leiter threw what was it, 120 pitches last night in 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 eight eight innings of a uh, of one run ball. But once again, Vandy Vandy's just not able to muster enough offense. Be that's one that hurts to lose as a pitcher. You have that good of a game yes. and don't get the win. Yes, you, you're, you're giving it your all on the the biggest stage of, of college baseball and your team's not able to help you out offensively. Literally it, no just, run support. No run support. And let me tell you, folks, that's not a pitcher's best friend at all. You, you you definitely need run support, especially when you're pitching that great of an outing. It's just an, an, an unfortunate that offensive offensive woes continue for this Vanderbilt Commodores team, dating back to their Super Regional against East Carolina. They're able to just muster up enough run support there. Not not much, but but enough to 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 sweep East Carolina in, in in two games to move them to the College World Series. But once again, the reason why I didn't pick Vandy was because of their offense. I I, I knew they could pitch it well, but I, I I like a team that can do both. And in this College World Series, that's that's really gonna be what propels you to win a national championship. 
I was banking on Vandy getting those, starting out with those two wins to stay in the winner's bracket okay. and then close it out with one of those last two games. But yeah. now they're definitely behind the eight ball. And it's still, I'd love to see NC State pull this out, but it's going to be, that Stanford team is going to be coming Yes, hard and ready to go with yes. that offense clicking and and and, and, and their band, pitching and, just has to be good enough to and and I I believe that it is Chris that that's why that's why I picked them I really liked what I saw in their super regional series against Texas Tech where they swept them in two games as well they were but they were dominant on both sides pitching and hitting which is why I, I like that Stanford team a lot. Unfortunately, for them, NC, NC State shoved it in, in that, that opener against Stanford. Stymieing that, that great offense that, that, that we've seen from Stanford, putting them in the, in the loser's bracket early. Yeah, NC State proved they can do it. They're just going to have to prove it again. Yes, yes, and and they're they're pitching going forward, which which has been phenomenal. What kept them in that series against Arkansas, which propelled them to that series upset against Arkansas, and we're seeing it here in Omaha. They're continuing to pitch it well. Hopefully, for the Wolf Pack, they're they're able to to do it just one more time, Chris. <laughs> One if they, if if they if they can have one more solid pitching performance, my brother, NC State Wolfpack will be playing in the College World Series final. Great, uh, it would just be a phenomenal story there for for sure. That would be an amazing thing to watch. It's going to be tough, but I, feeling pretty good for them. And, and of course, whoever whoever we know, whoever wins that elimination game between Stanford or Vanderbilt would have to beat NC State twice to advance to the College World Series final. But NC State just needs that one more solid pitching performance. And I, I do believe they they can they they can move on for a chance to play for a national title. And if I'm NC State I probably would rather play Vandy again. Yes, yes, considering their offensive lows. But as we just touched on, they're in for a tough battle uh, against the Stanford team who who I like, who I picked on that side of the bracket because they can do both. Yeah, I don't want to completely throw out Vandy because they were my pick going in after right, all, and, but and, it's going to be and, and they an are, uphill battle for sure. Yes, for and and what, help, what helps them though, Chris, here is they are the defending national champions. Even though we had the COVID-shortened season last year where the season – Regular season wasn't completed. We didn't have postseason baseball at all. Right, but still, you've got you've got players on that on that Vanderbilt squad from that same Vanderbilt squad that that won the national title two seasons ago. So you you have guys with with the right mindset of hey we've we've been here before. We we know how to win. On, on this on this grand stage and but we're, we're just gonna have to come come up 
through the losers bracket, unfortunately now. But if 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 any if anybody can can do it, it it very well can be this Vanderbilt squad. They they've just got to find it offensively if if they plan on getting out of the losers bracket. Well, here. for sure uh, they obviously if they're going to put up another goose egg, then it's over. Absolutely, they've got to score something. They have to. I mean, all they needed something. last night was two runs, and they could have <laughs> won that game. Theoretically, you oh know. yeah, and, and and then if then if you're Tim Corbin, you can you you can really go through the rest of your pitching options remaining. Who who uh, who gives you the best shot of just just winning that just winning that one game to to put you back in the College World Series final where you're playing for quite possibly your second straight national title, and 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 then with with those couple of days off which is great for the team that's in the driver's seat because you're able to access a lot about your team and 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 going forward and and how you can how you can uh put yourself in that position to play for national title but tim corbin would would also be able to figure out something offensively maybe maybe even moving guys up in the order or up or down the order maybe finding guys that have that that have uh that have been pinch hitters or, or on the bench all season long that that could quite possibly give you a spark offensively to to help get you going that way to to help your help your pitching staff out all right just make any adjustments but that it really that win last night for NC State really helps them out because they're able to take a breather for the next couple of days and 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 they're able to really start to dissect and watch more film on on the two two remaining opponents that they could play in in Stanford and Vandy and especially watching that that elimination game coming up here obviously gives the wolf pack the edge there as well oh, for sure and the the prospect of having to play three more games feels a lot more daunting for Vandy than it does Stanford. Right, right. But once again, if if anybody could get it done, yeah, it it could very well be Vandy because the old cliche, been there, done that. Yeah, they've got the swagger for it. It's just, do they have the pieces to actually be able to right to do it? Right, and 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 Tim Tim Corbin's got a lot to lot to think about going forward especially if he plans to extend his stay in omaha yeah for sure and speaking of great pitching games we saw that with texas and mississippi state another great pitchers duel chris yeah uh state between between ty madden and will bednar right Uh, state was holding on to that to that two-run lead for the whole game yeah and then they in the ninth inning texas Tried to make a comeback, hit that home run, got the bases, got people on base, uh, had it against against Mississippi State's dominant closer right. in Landon Sims, who I can't even remember the last time he had he had been in a jam like that. Considering he had been so dominant for for this team throughout a a, a long stretch. Yeah, Texas. Gave him a real scare. Well, and the whole Mississippi State team and fans a huge scare there at the end. 
they had the tying run on third. They sure did. It just it, it watching that game. It felt like just a situation where Texas had the momentum. Yeah, Texas all of a sudden, all of a sudden, just had yes every bit of the momentum, and it felt like just couldn't get that key hit to tie up the ball game. Yeah, they Mississippi State in the end was able to close it out. Yeah, and and just, they're 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 definitely in the driver's seat. They are. They were my pick to come out of that side of the bracket. Reason being. I felt I felt like they're on the right side of the bracket in Omaha for once. Of course, it it helps you closing out, finishing out Texas in that game, putting them in the losers bracket where they have to play Tennessee today. Yeah, it's, and that's the other team that was would be big debatable. competition for you is yeah. Tennessee. Oh yeah, and that that was another that that was another big time opening round upset in the in in the these college world series with Virginia beating uh beating Tennessee, blanking them what six to nothing, Chris. I I do believe I, it. I think sending it, it was five or six to nothing, right? Yeah. Sending Tennessee to the losers bracket. So now you've got the two the two of the those two juggernauts having to battle it out in an in an elimination game and you feel really good if you're Mississippi State right now because one of them is going home after today and all you got to do is take take care of business taking care of business <laughs> that's all you have to do tonight against Virginia and you're in the same position that NC State's in right well and we'll see what Virginia can do it it certainly feels like Mississippi State's game to lose. But yeah. Virginia, they have the right guy on the mound though tonight, Chris. They uh, they are they're going Mississippi State will go with their their Friday night ace, Christian McLeod. Yeah. The left-hander that's been that's been sensational throughout the season. So great game plan by Mississippi State head coach Chris Lamonis going with going with this number two Saturday starter and Will Bednar who was sensational the other night against against Texas striking out 15 Longhorns. Yeah, I think the team overall had 21, 21. strikeouts, that, which was a college right. baseball record yes. in the World Series. Yes, it was. It was. So Mississippi State phenomenal night on the mound out of out of their two horses in Bednar and Sims, they're able to fight off Texas. Pardon the pun, because they they, they they love the chant "fight Texas, fight yeah, yeah. hook 'em horns," all that good stuff. <laughs> but they're able to hold them off, advance to the winners bracket, where they take care of business tonight. Chris, they're in the driver's seat as well looking really good on that side of the bracket but and even then the the loser of that game tonight is going to have to play whoever's slugging it out whoever wins this this tough matchup between Tennessee and Texas right which is why you want to take care of business tonight right. correct oh well yeah but even then you, you probably don't feel too bad going against either one of these two teams today even if you're Virginia uh 
And, and, and Virginia has shown all of a sudden that they can pitch it well. Yeah, they really held Tennessee down. They did. Ten- Tennessee, we've all seen it throughout throughout the season, how great their lineup is. They shut them out. Incredible job by that that pitching staff, the coaching staff, getting those getting those guys ready to go up against that offense, putting them in the winner's bracket where you win tonight, you're in the driver's seat, where you're one win away from the College World Series final. Yeah, and we're a bit we're recording this well as the Tennessee Texas game is going on and tonight, of course, Mississippi State and Virginia will play. So by the time this goes up, we may know the results from those games. But as it stands now, have to feel really good if you're an NC State or a Mississippi State fan. Now, of course, and, and, and they both have pitching. Oh, and and. Mississippi State has proven they've they've got the hitting as well, but of course their pitching is yeah is their main yeah. forte. And, and, and I liked, I I also like Mississippi State because they they've got some scrappy guys in their lineup, Chris, that just don't go down without a fight. They they foul off pitches, they extend at bats, oh, yeah. they find a way to get on base. And and let me tell you, those type those type of teams, whether it's in postseason play, or especially in these College World Series, you don't want to go up against a lineup like that, because not only not only are are they doing that, but they're they're making they're making the opposing pitcher work. Well, that's how you scrape out a three to two or two to one exactly. or one to zero win. They're they're making him throw so many excess pitches, which gets those starters out of the ball game early. Make makes the coach force his hand to go to the bullpen early and then you're able to you're able to pounce on that bullpen next thing you know you've you've got a pretty comfortable lead the rest of the way to where you can save your closer like Landon Landon Sims and so so really that that that's what I like out of this Mississippi State ball club and of course, we'll see what happens tonight, but I, I I love their chances tonight, quite frankly, because of what I just stated. They're throwing their Friday night ace, left-hander Christian McLeod. He's more than likely going to be a first-round pick coming up next month. Yeah, Virginia's going to have to surprise and play as well as they did against Tennessee and then some. Right, right. Tonight. And... and but I've I've noticed from Virginia as of late, they do a little bit of the same as Mississippi State, where I've seen them I've seen them pitch it well, and they have been able to extend it bats. So we very well could see a very tight knit game tonight between two teams who are somewhat somewhat identical right now. Look, looking at how they played. During both of their postseason runs, should be a fascinating game tonight. But of course, I'm sticking to my pick: the Mississippi State Bulldogs to to win this and to ultimately make it out of 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 that that side of the bracket in Omaha. Okay, well, moving on, I want to touch on racing a bit. So, in Formula One, Max Verstappen won the race. The Red Bull team made a great decision to stop him 
towards the end of the race, and he was able to charge up from fourth to win, much to the chagrin of the Mercedes drivers who both thought that they needed to pit twice in the race, but Mercedes thought otherwise, and a rare wrong decision from Toto Wolff. Uh, SRX, Tony Stewart won. <laughs> Appropriate that he wins his own one of his the own racing series that he started. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but he had a great race, and again, it was, it was on dirt this week, and again, the racing was fun to watch and really close, beating and banging. Haley Diggin finished second, so got the old superstar finishing first, and then the young up-and-comer finishing second. But the big surprise of the weekend, at least for me, the NASCAR race, I mentioned briefly last week how everybody was all, well, a lot of people didn't think that Nashville was going to be a great race. They thought that it would be kind of like in the past where before one reason they stopped racing there, it wasn't super interesting. It was a one groove track, but it ended up being a pretty fantastic race in the sense that the cars were sliding around. Uh, there was a lot of passing behind first place. I'll get back to that in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I know I saw that a lot myself Sunday. Yeah. They, there was a lot of moving through the field. Like, my favorite driver, Daniel Suarez, he was able to save his tires and yes. equipment and mm -hmm. on the long run just pass people, which is what you want to see. You want to see yes. drivers move up and down as their car gets better or worse. So we saw a lot of that in the race, and it was actually a pretty good race, sure in was. my opinion. Sure was. Uh, had a lot of brake issues. It's an awkward size track. It's, it's a 1.33-mile track, if I recall correctly. So it's right in between short track and intermediate. I think a lot of teams may have brought brakes that were a little bit too small uh, for the loads that were being put on them. So we had about a half a dozen brake failures, if I recall correctly. Had quite a few. Oh, wow. And I was listening to the radios, and a lot of drivers were complaining about their brakes being soft, and they were really having to manage. So Oof. drivers that were doing a good job to manage their brakes... Did, did well in this race. Yeah, they were able to come out towards the end, which yeah. is how... That and a little bit of strategy. We had an interesting top 10 where drivers like Ross Chastain finished second. Ricky Stenhouse was up there. Oh, yeah. And, Olive uh, Branch native. Oh, yeah. Olive Branch, Olive Mississippi Branch. native. Daniel Suarez finished seventh. So we had some interesting guys like that who were able to use strategy and manage their car and get in the top 10. But as I, as I called, Kyle Larson Kyle and Larson. Hendrick Motorsports – he dominated that race, didn't he, Chris? Yeah, it was start from start to finish. This was the most dominating of any of them so far that he's won. I know won. it. So, I know it. Just main, maintain that that lead. Yeah, forever he, and ever and ever. Yeah, he like the, the race never really felt in doubt for no, him. No, no doubt, and no it just doubt. continues a crazy streak. In the past six races, he finished. Second at Darlington, second at Dover, second at Circuit of the Americas, and then first at Charlotte, first at Sonoma, and now first at Nashville. Man. That means he's got an average finish in the last six races of 1.5, which is just insane. Man, have a run 
Kyle Larson. But here's the crazy thing. He's not actually first in points right now, technically speaking. Denny Hamlin is first in points, and he hasn't won a race yet. That's absolutely (laughs) mind-boggling. Denny Hamlin's been crazy uh, consistent, but obviously Larson's coming up He's hot. He's hot right now. Larson's like nine points behind, so it probably won't be long for for Larson to take that lead. Chris, what what would it take for him to take over that that lead? Would would, would he would he need to come in, in first or second like he has been in the next race or or how how would he be able to to take the lead over Hamlin? I don't think so. I mean, Hamlin has been so consistent, but if oh, okay. if, if Larson just stays gets top five finishes at this at, at this at pace this point, that he's on yeah yeah i mean because it feels like unless something drastically changes hendrick and larson are gonna have plenty more wins coming yes for so sure for sure larson just needs on the days where he's not got the winning car somehow be in it just yeah just be in the top 10 and that's really okay. all it's gonna take now okay. of course when the playoffs come it's going to be all out the window. Uh, now, 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 don't doesn't doesn't NASCAR cut it to ten at that point? Well, it's, it's or, or how does that work? It changes so much now. They they uh, have sixteen. Sixteen. Drivers. Okay. Okay. I I, I like that. It, and, it, it gives it, it it gives those those other drivers a shot. Right. Of so it'll and then it'll cut down every few races after that until okay. you get down to the final four for the for the okay, last so, race. So they do have a final four, okay. Yeah. So I mean, theoretically Kyle Larson could win every race from now till the end of the season and then the last race wreck and not win the championship. So Oh man. So I mean we'll see Wouldn't that be a bummer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But there is a a regular season champion. Yeah. And I feel like he's 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 on the right pace for sure. Yeah, he's, it, it looks like he's going to 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 probably win that because, like I yeah. said, if they just keep winning like this, all he's got to do is finish in the top ten. Okay. Now, Denny Hamlin, the the crazy thing is, we've had so many winners this year. Now the pace is slowing down, right? Since Kyle Larson is winning so much, but there's been so many winners that if if Denny Hamlin doesn't win the regular season championship. There's a chance that he might not be locked in for the playoffs, but that would mean Man. another half dozen or so drivers that okay. haven't won yet winning a race. So it's not quite as likely as it was earlier this year, but that's something to keep an eye on. Okay. But yeah, this stretch by Kyle Larson is just, it's as crazy as the stretch is, it's still not the most insane of the modern era. Uh, in 1998, Jeff Gordon. He went on a stretch where had, I, I believe it was six races where he was first, third, and then four wins in a row. It, it was it was five first and one third. I know that, but he he had an average finish of like one point three three or something like that. That that's still the craziest. But here's the thing: Kyle Larson's stretch isn't over, so we'll see what happens right. in race seven and race eight. Yeah. And- Jeff Gordon was was one of my favorite drivers, so so that, that that's that's really that's really cool to see. Well, and something else about that time, Hendrick Motorsports was of course one of the top teams then, but even then 
they always sort of had that fourth or third car okay. that wasn't quite as up to par as the top one or two. Okay. Because, I mean, of course, Jeff Gordon was just dominating. But now he's got four cars that could win every weekend. Man, they're, you, you got to love that. They're Well, if you're Rick Hendrick, you do. <laughs> or if you're one of the a Hendrick fan, you do. But Kyle Larson is just... We've known Kyle Larson is an incredibly talented race car driver. Yes. He's proven it in his dirt track racing, and he always proved it in that when he drove for Ganassi. It's obvious now how much he was out driving his equipment because he was just doing so well in those cars that, I mean, they're still a good team, but they're not Hendrick. And now that he's in top-tier equipment, he's using that chance to his advantage. And he knows how to win. And he's winning week in and week out now. Consistently. Right. And that doesn't even include the all-star race that he just won. So <laughs> it's just an insane stretch. And winning, we'll see how, winning everything in plain sight. <laughs> yeah, and this weekend we, we go forward to Pocono. It's a double weekend. So we Pocono. have a race Saturday and Sunday. Earlier in his career, it wasn't a, a great track for uh, for Larson, if I recall. But he's gotten better there in recent years. And, of course, Hendrick will still have great cars. So it'll be interesting to see. We may get a different winner this weekend. However, we may get a double winner. So if Kyle Larson is on, he could very well win two races oh, this no, weekend. Oh, no doubt about it. Because whoever's good Saturday will probably be good Sunday. So that that's what the weekend moving forward will look like in the world of NASCAR. Chris, I'd like to give a shout-out to Hayden Buckley, the Tupelo native who had a great first day at the 121st U.S. Open. Oh, yeah, that's right. Crazy that he was only just only two spots behind Brooks Kepka, who's one of the great golfers in the world right now. Unfortunately, he gets cut at nine over, but just really, really proud of, of Hayden Buckley com- competing at a, at a major having a great day i i know he's he, he's going to get better as as his golfing career continues but i i wanted to give a shout out to him i've I, i've known him i've known him for for quite a quite a while chris he and my he and my brother lee mcbunch shout out to my brother lee as well <laughs> i love i love you bro but they were teammates on a travel baseball team called the tupelo rangers so so I've uh I've I've been around Hayden Buckley. I I've, I've I've known him. I I'm just I'm just so thrilled and happy for him right now that his his golf his golfing career is is starting to to blossom and take off and I wish him all of the best going forward in his career and I just wanted to shout him out and let him know that 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 we're pulling for you Hayden. And go get him, my brother. Yeah, this is super cool to see a, a great start. I mean, it's just, you know, first major. So plenty of time to improve and and get more in the groove of what it's like to compete yes, at, at a level like that. 
And 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 let let me tell you, let me tell you, Brooks Kepka, he was coming for you, man. <laughs> but 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 before right there. He, yes, I'm telling you, he he's coming for you. So so look out, look out, cause my boy, hey hey Buck's coming for you. Yeah, I really wish Hayden the best moving forward. Absolutely, I, I I'm I'm so I'm so proud of him for sure. All right, well it's time for a little bit of fun to close out here. I went to a basketball reference, just chose a random page, and this episode it sent me to a game from 2005, January 2nd to be exact, between the Denver Nuggets at the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, at the time of this meeting, the Nuggets were 14 and 16, Lakers were 16 and 12, so both kind of hovering around that 500 mark. But we got some uh, some names you probably remember on this. Of course, you got Carmelo Anthony on the Nuggets. Yeah, he's with the Portland Trail Blazers now. And then on the Lakers side, of course, you got Lamar Odom. Oh, great, great basketball player. Oh, yeah. And also, can't forget about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, the late, late great Mamba himself kobe bryant may may he rest in peace we definitely miss him being with us for sure just one of the all-time greats yeah i felt kind of appropriate that the first time i do this it takes us to a, a lakers page when he was playing it's been yes oh gosh has it been a year now it's been a while now since it happened and i i, I know it I know the anniversary of it was in back in January. I I remember it happening in January of crazy. Uh, so so the the so begin the beginning of of the crazy twenty twenty right. year that we had. That's right. It's, right before the pandemic. It's been almost a year and a half then. Wow. Yeah, and 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 it's it's crazy that happened right before everything with the pandemic started. Yeah, I think that's one reason it's hard to remember. Everything's just kind of blended together since yeah. then. But, but I, I, obviously, my my thoughts and prayers are still with the Bryant family and the the victims of the, of that awful helicopter crash. Yeah, thoughts go out to them and all, like the the family of the friends right. that were on there with them. You know, the other kids that were there and their family. But we 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 obviously miss kobe bryant and my gosh was just so just so fun to to watch him compete night in night in and night out and 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 do all the great things that he did for basketball and 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 what what he was what he was doing coaching his daughter's young girls basketball team and it's just unfortunate fortunate that he's not here with us anymore life is life is too short chris yeah for sure and and he man he showed out in this game he had 42 points as expected yeah 42 points man, i mean yeah. he's the reason the mamba big reason that they won this game mama there goes that man <laughs> shot 55%. Woo! 
Yeah. Do it, Kobe. <laughs> what a game. <laughs> Lamar Odom shot 0%. Oh, that's free throw. <laughs> Sorry. I was about to say, what? <laughs> was was Pal, Pal Gasol still on that Lakers team? Uh, no, or I was don't. He, uh, so he was still with the Gri- Memphis Grizzlies then? Yeah, it looks like okay. I don't see him here. And 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 my bad. Let me let me clarify. Kobe Bryant shot fifty five percent. Yeah, from the free throw line. Yeah. So, Kobe Bryant. Uh, but he was still almost fifty percent from just regular shooting. He's forty eight percent, thirty three percent three point. Lamar Odom, forty three percent. Lamar Odom had 13 points, or 12 points, excuse me. But definitely a game for Kobe. So, ironically enough, Chris, just like last week's reference where the the Mets of 65, four years later, end up winning a World Series title, now, now we're to the 2005 Lakers, who in four years would would win back-to-back championships. Yeah, the Lakers were on a bit of a, a lull here in between their right their success. Right. And and going back to uh Pal Gasol, they would end up acquiring him. Crazy enough, Chris, I I, I do remember this. It was a brother for brother swap between Oh yeah, that's right. B- between both teams yeah, as Pal is traded from Memphis to L.A. in exchange for his brother, Mark Gasol, who goes from L.A. to Memphis. I wonder what that was like at Thanksgiving that year. It an interesting conversation. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, you could see one of them saying to the other, why did, why did I go from such a sucky team <laughs> – or excuse me, from a from a winning team to a sucky team, and 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 obviously, I I reckon Powell had a lot to thank Mark for for that. Probably so. I I I reckon I'm willing to bet you he he bought a lot of things for him, paid a lot of things off, probably. But <laughs> let me help you out, brother. But that. That that trade obviously helped the Lakers out in the long run, winning back to back championships, and th- and then they were also able to acquire Meta World Peace, aka Ron Artest, mm-hmm. to go along with with those two championship teams and. But just the just that mindset, that Mamba mentality of Kobe Bryant, one of the all time greats, doing it night in and night out, and and, and you're able to to require uh, to acquire pieces to to a championship puzzle, you're able to win back to back championships. Just uh, just remarkable turnaround by by the historical Lakers organization, which we're normally accustomed to them being in the playoffs, winning championships. Now, it, it hasn't happened as of late, e- even though the, the Lakers are just a year removed from winning the NBA championship, and they're, they're, they're finally starting to 
get back to their winning ways as a franchise, but just a, just a great, great, another great turnaround at that point of time in NBA and sports history going from worst to first. I'll touch real quick on the other side. Carmelo Anthony had a good game, had 27 points, but of course it just wasn't enough to to overcome that great game from Kobe Bryant and the Los Angeles right. Lakers who won 99 to 91. So, that was a quick look at history. January 2nd, 2005, Denver Nuggets at Los Angeles Lakers, if you want to take a look at it yourself. Rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace. So, I believe that just about wraps up this edition of the Sport Fanatics podcast Yeah, I think here so. on this Tuesday afternoon. Chris, what are you most looking forward to oh. this evening? Well, of course, going to have eyes on that game tonight between Mississippi State and Virginia. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that'll be a great one. That'll really set the tone for how the rest of that bracket will go. Uh, what about you? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, we've got the NBA Draft Lottery tonight at 7.30 on ESPN, and that is right before tonight's Game 2 between the Clippers and the Suns. I'm looking forward to that game as well after a after a, a, a great Game 1 between both teams went down to the wire. Game game one belonged to the L.A. Clippers, of course, as as we touched on this before in a 120-114 loss to the Phoenix Suns. Suns lead the series one game to none. Obviously, both sides dealing with injuries. Clippers are without. Kawhi Leonard in game two tonight still bothered by that knee injury and CP3 I do not believe has been cleared yet to play after entering health and safety protocol so the Suns will be without their star point guard tonight as well I do believe so of course as I stated before it's going to Scoring's going to fall upon Devin Booker. Can he repeat that 40-point double-double performance in, in game one? Be a tall, tall order. For sure. And and, and, and can can the other, uh, other young role players on that Phoenix Sun squad step up as well? Paul George and, and, and Terrence Mann are, are, are playing great basketball as of late, which they cer- certainly needed to do because of the absence of Kawhi Leonard. But they, 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 they need to keep it up offensively for sure. But I, I, I do expect another exciting game of this series tonight, game two, following the NBA draft lottery. So we'll, we will figure out who were each respected teams pick. Yeah. We'll look forward to talking about later this week. Uh, not only who wins these games and in baseball and basketball, but 
we'll find out what the what the pick order is. Absolutely. So we'll we'll, Absolutely. we'll, we'll talk about that later this week moving forward. Uh where can the people find you on social media? Yeah, so you can you can add me as a friend on Facebook. My name is John Michael McBunch. Of course, I, I, I go by J Mike, especially on this podcast. That 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 is my that is my nickname that I received over a decade over a decade ago by a uh, by by a buddy of mine named Eric Nesby when I was in the Tupelo high school band yeah you've been living shout with that one for a while now shout out to eric nisby for 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 that nickname that is that is stuck stuck with me and it's it, it, it's one that i'm glad that he came up with for sure con- considering i go by my first and my middle name but my name is john michael mcbunch so feel free to add me as a friend on facebook you can also follow me on twitter and instagram both of both of my handles on both of those social media accounts are at lowercase and this is all this is all lowercase people but it it's at j underscore mike check no spacing between mike and check it's it it all runs together so it's on twitter and instagram it is at lowercase j underscore mike check so please feel free to to add me as a friend or, or follow me. I, I love to talk sports, and I I'd be willing and, and, and anxious to 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 hear from all of you here here pretty soon. But but yeah, just just feel free to 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 follow me, and and if you if you ever have any any questions or comments or you just want to flat out talk sports which is what I love to do. Feel free to feel free to holler at me on on all social media, all, all three of those social media platforms. All right, well cool. And I don't I don't really use Facebook, but you can find me on Twitter at Christopheles11. That's my Twitter handle, it's spelled like Chris Top Holes 11 on Twitter. Uh, that's also a nickname I've had for a while now and it's kind of funny i had multiple people call me that years apart that yeah. never even knew each other so <laughs> just figured out i use that as well on my twitter and you can follow the podcast itself uh sport fanatics that's the twitter handle uh the s and the f are capitalized but should be able to type it in either way and, and find it if you search so those are my Twitter handles and the the Twitter handle for the for the show itself. But I think that covers it for this yeah. week. Yeah, great great show, great show today, and looking forward to to uh, these up and coming up and coming games, and of course the the draft lottery. Thank you again, Chris, for for getting everything set up for us to be able to do this show today. I I, I really appreciate you and. And, and and for what everything that you're doing for growing and, and developing this this podcast it, it's it, it's going to be an absolute privilege to to be on here with you 
Oh, well, you're, you're very week welcome. Week after week. I, I'm I'm just so excited to to be doing this with you, brother. And I, I, I look forward to... I, d- I just look forward to the journey with you, brother. Oh, same here. Thanks here. Thank you for coming on, J. Mike. And it helps when we have such great sports to be talking about. Been some great games, and hopefully that trend continues. And oh yeah, and we're and we're always going to have plenty plenty to talk about. But th- oh, yeah, but this sure. this is just a great time if you're a sports fan with NBA playoffs, uh, getting getting to the the real later stages of of its postseason tournament we're we're all we're so close to the nba finals and then and then you've got college world series going on right now it's just a great time to be a a sports fan especially if you're a basketball or or college baseball fan and we can't forget something we'll we'll try to touch on later this week uh hockey is going on as well right yeah right they're 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 close to Stanley Cup final as well. So yeah, 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 you're absolutely right, Chris. You you can't you can't forget about hockey. They're they're in the latter part of their postseason as well. All right. So especially if you're a hockey fan, you're you're excited as well. Yeah, so so much going on, but until next time, y'all have a good week and we'll be back on Friday. Peace out, guys.